Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and it's just a one-on-one pod this week as I'm joined by Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding to go through Saturday's card at Newbury and looking ahead to the Air Gold Cup as well. Uh, Andy, how do we find you today? Pretty good, yeah. Nice and uh, sunny outside, which is great. Um, Bit of a chill in the air? A little bit when the sun goes in, it has to be said. Mm -hmm. Early doors when I took the dog out, yeah. Uh, Need an extra lay on, I won't lie. Um, probably be the same sort of um, come half four, five o'clock when he gets his second shift. Um, but that's good news uh, with the sun out in the afternoon for the uh, forecast for the weekend. I think it's pretty favourable, isn't it? I think this high pressure band we've got at the moment um, is going to be in place all the way through to sort of so, as far as I could see, at least till Sunday, Monday. Um, so yeah, we, we any any sort of soft patches in grounds conditions everywhere. I think that'll be gone by the by by Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Should be. I've definitely had to dust off a few jumpers over the last couple of days. But as you say, as long as it stays dry, can't complain uh, too much. Um, as I say, we're going to go through the card or, or at least the races that we have prices for at Newbury, uh, and then at the end of the show, we'll, we'll do an ask. Uh, sorry, an Air Gold Cup preview. Uh, not an early Ascot Gold Cup preview. An Air Gold Cup preview. Um, at the end uh, so yeah listen throughout for that uh, we're going to be talking through all the best prices on the odds checker grids but you can also find on the odds checker app so do download the app now for the best prices bookie offers free bets place terms and the best tipsters including andy himself uh, his tips straight to the app every morning of racing um we're going to start with Dubri, as i say start with the 110 andy which is a, a, a novice stakes where actually in fairness they're basically all unraced and we don't have any prices. So we're going to move straight on to the 140 yeah. unless you've heard mm-hmm. anything uh, worth pointing out. Um, and prices a bit all over the shop, really, to be honest, in the 140. And we're recording this early Thursday afternoon. So um, final decks were out a couple of hours ago. Normally you'd ex- expect it to kind of leveled out, but that isn't really the case. Um, anyway, joint favourites, the Godolphin pair, Dubai Future and Siskini, both at 130. Solid Stone is the biggest outlier where you've got a couple of firms, Betfred Ball Sports, also have Solid Stone at 130. Uh, William Hill go 15 to 2 about Solid Stone. So you can see there um, where using Hodge Checker can really pay off. Anyone who's taking 137 and 2 without checking will regret it. Uh, Kamari, um, seemingly second string for Charlie Appleby, also 8 to 1. Lysander, 10 to 1. Staler, 11 to 1. Fancy Man, 14. Max Vega, 20 to 1. Lady Excalibur, 100 to 1. Uh, nine runners here, Andy. As I say, the market a little bit jumbled up. Uh, a current best price is where do you think the value lies? Well, I think it's a, a bit of a Godolphin headache, isn't it? That's uh, not the first race that we're going to be covering that um, Boys in Blue have got at least two or three runners mm-hmm. in there. Um, the interesting run is very much Siskani, isn't it? First run back for 203 days. Not sure what they've had in mind or have got in mind in future for this horse, but there's no doubt on the pick of his best form, um, as a three-year-old, he's certainly entitled to a huge amount of respect. And he ran really well out in Dubai, didn't we, when we last saw him. But they've also got Dubai Future and um, Kimari, who have got more recent uh, stroke reliable form. And out of the two, I think probably Kamari is the one I'd go for. Um, he's eight to one as we um, as we speak, which doesn't look a bad each-way alternative to the ones down the front end of the market. Uh, he was a good second last time out at uh, Goodwood behind um, one of his stable companions who um, is a very um, reliable horse um, at that level, Rebels Romance. The time figure was very good. And Kamari was the one who was responsible for that uh, good, time, good time figure because he was the one who forced the pace and kept cranking it up all the way down the straight. 
He only just got run out of it in the um, in the back end, but he was quite brave, even though he was headed by the eventual winner because he pulled well clear of Fancy Man, who was back in third, who's uh, a fair guy to this kind of level of form, you know, stroke listed stroke group three level. Uh, and even though Fancy Man reopposes and he can be fancied in sorts, I, I'd, I'd still think Kamari will come out on top. So looking at, like I say, the shape of the race, the, the doubts about Siskani with his layoff, um, I, I'd go with a genuine Kamari at that price. Kamari, the one. Uh, I said maybe the second string, maybe not. Kamari, eight to one, uh, best price. As short as seven to two with Bet365. Again, you can see uh, bookmakers across the land here disagreeing on, on on how they rate these horses at the top end of the market. Uh, but Andy's happy to take the eight to one about Kamari there in the 140. Uh, 2.15 uh, now is the uh, D- Dubai International Airport World Trophy Stakes over five furlongs. And Manikan is a 7-2 favourite ahead of Tis Marvellous at 4-1. Mitt Bahi is 7-1. Uh, Chill Chill 17-2. Diligent Harry 9-1. Teresa Mendoza 12-1. A day to remember 12-1. 14-1 bar those. Yeah, Mark, has got this one spot on, George. I'd have this between Manikan and Tis Marvellous. Um, I've always had a little bit of a spot, soft spot for Manikan. Right the way, looking back to his T-roll days, when he clocked a big number first time out, uh, when he finished second in a good uh, maiden race. And he was a bit unlucky in a few handicaps towards the back end of last season, but he's really come of age of late. Um, he won in pretty decisive fashion, two starts, three starts ago at Ascot, over five furlongs when he travelled really well and clocked a, a big number. Just didn't quite get the six furlongs on the July track the next time in, a, in another well-run race, but they dropped him back to the minimum trip in the Scarborough Stakes at um, the Doncaster St. Ledger meeting. And true to form, King of Stars went off in front, as we predicted, set the race up really uh, nicely for a closer. And Manakam was the one who was in the right position to strike it. He quickened away in the hands of Ryan Moore to win with quite a bit in hand, I thought. Again, his time was very honest. Um, right up there with one of his best uh, numbers, sets of numbers. And Providing they go a clip here, and I'm sure they will, because look out Louis in the race. If you've seen look out Louis recently, George, he's a real fast horse. Uh, nothing could lay a glove on him last time at, at Haydock. So, you know, drawn in and around where he is, look out Louis drawn three, Manakan drawn seven. It, it should give Pat Dobbs a um, sort of target on the back of um, Barry McHugh, on, who rides uh, the Northern Raider. Uh, Tis Marvellous, as I mentioned, is the right second favourite. Uh, comes here off the back of a win in the Beverly Bullet last time out. Again, another big time figure. And that's when Tis Marvellous, similar to Manikan, he's at his best when he's finishing strongly off a strong pace. So he's also got conditions to suit. I did notice as well Tis Marvellous had finished runner-up in this race and his last two tries in it. He finished second uh, to Lazuli uh, two years ago and last year he was he was third. So, um, you know, Clark Fox, all, all, he's, he's after a little bit of um, uh, retribution and he could well get it, but... As I said, I'm a big fan of Manikan, and this race is likely to set up for him. And if, with the weather drying out as well, that definitely playing to his strengths. Seven to two yeah. there about Manikan with Bet365 uh, opened up four to one, but was swiftly uh, cut in the market seven to two, as short as 11 to four elsewhere uh, for Pat Dobbs and for Andy Holding there. Manikan, the rightful favourite, and the selection in the 215. Uh, on to the big race of the day, uh, the, the uh, Mill Reef Stakes, um, the 250 over six furlongs. and uh, punters haven't missed a trick here. Sack here and, and should have been a ring. Both opened up seven and four, 15 to eight joint favourites. Uh, fast forward a, a couple of hours and, and Sack here is now 13 to eight best price favourite. Should have been a ring out to nine to four. So punters have had their say. Bookies have moved prices accordingly. Uh, Charin is eight to one. Heroism eight to one. Wallop 16 to one. Rousing Encore 
20 to 1. Uh, Mr. Job is 33 to 1. Just the seven runners here, although Bet365 are paying three places. So a bit of an each way angle if you can get on with 365. Um, but yeah, Sakir um, being punted off the board since uh, since Final Decks came out this morning. Yeah, no, no great surprise either, it's particularly if you're a keeper of time figures like, like I am. Um, he got beat on his debut, but um, he was a bit unlucky to bump into what's called Magical Sunset, who um, got the better of him on that occasion. Um, but again, the time, as I said, was very good. And then he went to Haydock, was heavily supported into favouritism, as his form figures and time figures suggested he should be. And he blew away his opposition to the tune of six lengths, uh, running even faster than he did on debut. He did it all in hand as well. He wasn't over overly exerted in the latter stages, so there's plenty left to come. And as it stands at the moment, he's by some way clear of this field based on the time figures that we keep. That doesn't mean to say that one or two can't improve because the likes of um, Heroism, um, Mustajar and Wallop at the bottom have all only had the one chance to show what they can do, whereas obviously Shaki has had a couple, the benefit of a couple of runs. But um, he's definitely the right favourite. I noticed that he was also in the middle of park at Newmarket and I thought they might go there with him, but they've... They've arguably come here for slightly easier pickings, and that's no disrespect to this field. Uh, so I'd be a big Sakia fan. Would I back him at 11 to 8, 6 to 4? Could I find bigger prizes or better sort of 6 to 4 shots over the course of the year? Possibly. Um, if you gave me another alternative, or I had to look for some value for the listeners. It'd probably be the bottom one, Wallop, uh, without the favourite. Obviously, that market um, is not out yet, but on Saturday it will be. Uh, I really liked his effort first time out in a very good novice event at uh, at Newmarket over the Jolly course. He was second to subsequent Jim Crack winner, sorry, third to subsequent, subsequent mm. Jim Crack winner, Noble Style. And I did notice that the front three that day quickened up in quite impressive fashion. The winner had to do 33 and change to win. Millstream uh, chased him home and ran really well in the Acom. He finished third in the Acom, and the Acom's already worked out well. The uh, horse that finished fifth in that race won uh, the other day. Um, in pretty impressive fashion. So I think that's decent form, that's a new market race. So even though it was only sort of like a novice event, he was up against a horse who went on to win a subsequent group too. So only beating the length on debut. He also has got a, like a standard bearing run next to his name. And if he improves, I think he could easily prove the best of the two Richard Hannon horses, even though the jockey booking suggests um, the other the other one, the second favourite is the, is the one to concentrate on. So that would be my approach. I think Sakir will probably win. And if you wanted to back him at that price, I wouldn't put you off. But if you are looking for something a little bit more juicier, then Wallop is the bet without the favourite. As I say, yeah, it's five going um, a fifth of three about Wallop, who is 16 to one best price with them. And three to five are out with the market as well for that without the favourite. And Wallop is 10 to one. That's a big um, price, yeah. A quarter, of the, a quarter of the two if you wanted to go um, each way as well with the, with the six runners. Um, so there you have it, Wallop. Um, which way, how would you play that, knowing those those prices? Would you take the 16s each way and then win only 10 to 1? Yeah, now, now you've sort of dangled a carrot there to me, to me, George, with the with the um, the extra place. I can hear I you mean, clicking. Six, <laughs> yeah, six, yeah, 16 to 1. I'm just bringing it up myself so I could actually believe it myself. Yeah. 16 to 1 with three places, if they all run and... and they all get to the start without no non without nons because obviously that could if they if they get a non-runner that could easily be back back down to two again within a heartbeat. Yeah. But as it stands at the moment, yeah, we've got to give a selection and um, you know, albeit Sakir is is my number one choice. Wallop is definitely value at that price and and the without the without market as well at tens. 
yeah all about value uh wallop the the selection there at the, at the price is 16 to 1 uh in the the normal market and only oh, remember only 365 paying the three places i should point out as well and then the without market uh 10 to 1 uh the 325 is the mile two handicap um again we've got godolphin um who looked to have the the, the best hand here uh, warren point 72 favorite head of ottoman fleet at six to one marching army 15 to two Hamaki eight to one. Uh, see the Casper also eight to one. Special Envoy ten to one. Staywell twelve to one. Groundbreaker fourteen to one. Uh, Sixteen to one. Bar those. Uh, Thirteen runners at the moment. Skybet paying five places. A few others paying four. And who's your selection here? I think the bottom one's overpriced. Majestic at twenties. Um, I think that was the right price you quoted me there, wasn't it, for Mick Channon's horse? Twenty Majestic. to one. Yeah. Twenty yeah. to one. Yeah. Consistent. He got beat. He got beat last time out at Windsor, but. It was a bit of a funny race. I think if um, Sean Lever had had a chance to ride that race again, he probably would have gone a little bit quicker on on that four-year-old than he did. Um, it was a surprise that he actually made the running, to be perfectly honest, because the time before he missed the break at Beverly and, and found himself in last position before finishing his race off strong. But the winner of that Beverly race, it's, it just takes time as one subsequently at Red Card the other day. Uh, that's just dandy who beat him. Windsor was a creditable fifth in the Irish Cambridgeshire. So, you know, he's been taking on a decent standard of opponent um, in, in his last two defeats. But I do think he needs a hold-up ride and to come off a strong gallop over a mile and a quarter to be seen at uh, best effect. And no doubt, looking at this field, he's bound to get one. There's quite a few front runners in there. Stay well, Palafacino. I'm sure one of the Godolphin horses will go forward. Of of those boys in blue, then obviously Warren Point, he's probably the pick. He was a game winner last time out at um, Goodwood, coming from a long way off the speed. Locked a good time in, in victory that day. And he's probably one of the most classiest runners in the field. And that, that's the only problem with Majestic to a certain degree. You look at the horses that are in here, they're virgin on listed level. You know, the Soto Scissors, Warren Points of this world, Marching Army, all rated in, the, you know, close to 100 or over. Um, so whether Majestic is up to taking on a class two race, um, he's having to question. But as I said, at 20 to one, I don't mind paying uh, that kind of premium to find out. So, again, I'm looking for a little smidgen of value, and I'll, I'll stick Majestic up at 20 to 1 in the hope that um, he doesn't disgrace me at the very least. <laughs> sure, he won't. Uh, yeah, Majestic there, 20 to 1 with uh, Paddy Power, Betfair Sportsbook, and Bet Victor, uh, Betfred and Ball Sports. The short was 10 to 1 with Bet365. Really are. Uh, this is a, a good time and a good day to be showing the benefits of Odds Checker because prices are absolutely all over the shop. Um, we've got another uh, maiden after that, Andy, in the four o'clock. No prices at the moment. Uh, actually, no prices for the last three races on the card. Um, any, any horses to flag up in those three? Yeah, n- nothing in the maiden, obviously. Um, there's an interesting run in at 435. He's a little bit of a tricky customer, and that's Tarn Chief. Looking at the fact that they put the tongue time for the first time, I suggest that he, he might have made a noise in one or two of his last races. Maybe, maybe it absolutely. He, he looked like he was going to win, um, sort of two down, and he, he kind of hung the latch a little bit. And that's probably something to do with that. Maybe there, there is something mechanically not quite sound with him. But um, there's, no, there's no doubt the abilities there. He, look, his last three runs have all been very, uh, very good. He's second here at this track um, behind Fantastic. Two runs ago was a good time figure. Uh, and he's, like I say, his effort at Epsom, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The winner went there. Uh, in, with a progressive profile, White Willow, and um, was was a good winner on the day. But um, you know, Tartan Chief was a, was a 
um, a game and commendable second. So he's, he's holding his form together quite nicely. Obviously, we don't know what price he's going to be, but I imagine it would, would be an each-way price with 17 runners. You know, you're probably looking at six or seven to one. Um, so he, he'd do for me there. And there's a couple of horses that run this track particularly well in the final race. Uh, Marshall Dan being one of them. Um, he's got a whole host of uh, good performances here. And he's trained by Heather Main, and Heather Main has got a really good strike rate here at um, Newbury down the years. Uh, she's very much um, a trainer that probably would slip under the radar of most punters, but she's definitely worth um, uh, siding with when she's got a horse that runs a track well. And the other one is Top Secret from the uh, William and um, Muir and Chris Gratzik setup. Now, if you go back to his run um, at the start of the season, he was second to Murad. That reads well on paper. And even though he got beat last time out, that was over a mile, and that was against Autrium, who went on to win at the Doncaster St. Ledger Festival. That race has worked out really well. Autrium has won. Uh, oh, This Is Us, the sixth horse, went on to win at a big price at Ascot the other day. So that form line is pretty hot, and he's dropping back to six, seven furlongs, which is his optimum. So again, I don't know the prices of these, but I imagine, given their form figures and their set of connections, they'd be at least double-figure quotes. So have a little sniff around for those on Saturday. Marshall, Dan, and Top Secret. There you have it. No prices, as I say, at the moment. But ones just to keep an eye on. Prices probably come out, I'd have thought, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, might be my best bet um, there. Uh, and then, as we said, we're going to have a look at um, Air for the Air Gold Cup as well. Uh, a cracking card at air as well, but we don't have time to go through each race. Although we'll ask Andy for any other business after yeah, this as well. Definitely, uh, yeah. Kanjar is the nine to two favourite ahead of Summerhand at, at ten to one. Bielsa ten to one. Comanche Falls eleven to one. Mr Wagyu fourteens. Gulliver fourteens. Five thousand to one fourteens. Bad Dream sixteen to one. Popmaster sixteen to one. Chief of Chiefs eighteen to one. A twenty to one bar those. And, and quite an interesting conundrum here, Andy, where you've got the classic Kanjar. Is he the group horse in a handicap against some? Horses in Summerhand, Bielsa, Gulliver, who are, are, you know, no newbies when it comes to, to sprinting handicaps. Yeah, it is a good conundrum um, or tricky conundrum, isn't it, for, for punters to get their head around. Do they um, swerve the obvious potential group horse in a handicap in the shape of Kanjar um, and go for value and then probably kick themselves when they see this horse win by three lengths and think, <laughs> why am I not on a horse that... It's potentially, um, you know, at least group level further down the line. Don't forget Nahar. Uh, punters turned their noses up at him a couple of years back, and, and he went off at seven to two and absolutely bolted. And we know what he went on to do subsequently. So William Haggis has got a little bit of previous with horses like this. And I love the way he got over the ground at um, Haydock last time out. It was good, good to firm in places, and he really did stride out majestically in the latter stages um, to win quite uh, readily. Normally with these kind of horses, I don't, we don't really get spectacular time figures that back up their visual impression so sometimes they can be caught out when they run in a race of this nature but they would they go quite quickly at Haydock that day and um, I haven't got any problem with him on, on the clock but he hasn't run the numbers that some of the really good horses have done in these handicaps with, but, but that's because he hasn't been allowed to run in those kind of races yet so providing his draw in stall five doesn't end up being a negative um, and we have seen just one race so far on the straight track at air and, and the winner did come uh, over on towards that far side, then uh, he's uh, he's very much, much a horse to conjure with. But there are lots of other horses as well, George, aren't there? The, the old favourites. I mean, Bielsa, he's he's got to be on the shortlist. He won this race last year. Um, I think Kevin Ryan spent the whole summer trying to get him back down to the same mark. He, he's only missed out by a pound. I think he was 98 last year. He's 99 now. He was drawn 10 uh, last time out at Chester, dropped out the back, tootled his way through the field to finish and never near a fifth job done dropped in the handicap to 99 
but they'll be absolutely pleased this bunch that he's um you know going into the race under under a similar set of circumstances mr wagyu he was third in the race last year he's been a uh, a money spinner for the John Quinn stuff. We know uh, what John's done so far this season with his sprinters. Highfield Press, of course, flying the flag. And then you've got um, plenty of others you can throw into the mix, including Summergand, who um, has been there or thereabouts in these kind of races before. A tricky one for me to work out at the moment, and I probably won't put my colours to the mast just yet in the sense that I want to see the draw. I could easily tip... I've got a short list, but I could easily see the draw... With a, with a selection now and say, yeah, this is my definite one. And if it gets drawn badly, I might not even put it up on Saturday. Mm. I, I don't want to mislead the listeners and say, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go for this. Because if it is drawn badly, then I probably won't pick it. So I'm going to see how the Bronze Cup develops tomorrow. Get a feel for the straight track races tomorrow, because there's only one race in the straight track as we talk on a Thursday. And then a take a view. But definitely Bielsa's on there. Kanjar's definitely there. Mr. Wago, that, those are the kind of horses I'm looking at. Can I ask you about one you haven't mentioned? Go on then. Bad Dream, a horse that I know you liked back in the day, dropping down in, in class, proven performer um, at, kind of at that level. And has, has been, from what I can tell, has been dropped two pounds for a pretty good run at, at Newmarket in a listed race recently, but just touched off by by Sam Maximus. Yeah. Um, and and Manacom was back in third that day. I do remember that race yeah. well. It was, it was a good time figure race. Yeah, she's just been a little bit. She has to be said to be a little bit disappointed. Yes, that last run was better, uh, and that was in the first finished, time she finished three lengths fifth in the in the in the champion sprint at Ascot on Champions Day last last October. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean she she does come good in the autumn, and mm. um, you know the, the the green shoots of recovery are definitely there with Charlie Fellows. I think had a little bit of a below par season by his standards. Yeah. Um, I think that's a fair comment. But Mark 103 is workable. She likes a strongly run six. Uh, Fast ground's okay, I think, by and large. I think, think she's okay with that, although she does handle some giving the ground. So if it is on the easy side, then that's fine. So, yeah, de definitely another one. Because I haven't, I haven't ruled in any, everything uh, in and uh, anything out at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm just, I'm just boxing clever with him. Like, I think you've got to do in a race like this. You, you can't dive in and, and um, you know, make, make too strong of an opinion now until you've seen how the races develop over the next few days. Yeah, absolutely. I've got stronger opinions in a few of the other races. We want to talk about them. Well, here we go. Let's go. Give us any other business. This is where the people who, who stay listening to the podcast or, or watching the, the show really get their just rewards. Well, hopefully, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of this Phantom Flight who runs in the is it the Doonside Cup, the 155. Um, James Hilton. So James had a really good season. Sorry, James Horton. Hilton. Yeah. James Horton. Um, real groundbreaking season for him, and he's got some proper nice horses. Uh, including some several good two-year-olds as well. But this Phantom Flight, I think, could be the pick of the bunch of his. He absolutely destroyed a good field last time out at York. I backed the second horse. I put it up on odd check horse called Spirit Dancer, who was fourth to Amnart in the John Smith. So I thought that horse had the best form coming into the race. And he ran really well, but he just couldn't live with this Phantom Flight. Absolutely left him for dead. Uh, he won by five lengths, hit the line really hard. Fast, very, very fast time. Um, he's definitely at least a listed horse of which this race is, of course, on Saturday. And I, I think he could go even higher than that. Um, so if you, if you can get a, a reasonable price about him, I don't think... He's the best price at the moment with Hills. Yeah, I don't think you go too far wrong with him. I, th I think he's a very good horse in the making. And the other race that interests me is a, that's no great surprise, George, a two-year-old race where the time figures hopefully will, will work yeah. out really well. The two to concentrate on there, despite the market suggesting that Queen Me is the one, 
I think Queen May's got quite a bit to find here, even though she's a five to four poke. I like Bonnie Angel and all the time. I'll probably back these two against the field. Bonnie Angel won um, a Doncaster nursery last time out, which obviously is a little bit uh, far removed from Group Three. But when, the way she won, I thought, God, that is definitely a pattern filly. Um, and, and connections clearly think that as well. She's gone from a rating 78 to 94. And um, she's improving at rapid rate of knots. And her time figures have been very good. Her last week victory at Donnie was good, and her Leicester run was very good as well. And the other one is All the Time, who was second. Uh, last time out in the dig pool at Salisbury, she should have won that day. She was the best filly in the race. She got drawn badly, stuck out wide. Unfortunately, um, I think it was Jack Mitchell Road. She just kept hanging and hanging to the left. And the further the race went on, she was almost in the, um, you know, almost going to buy an ice cream off the ice cream van. She was that far wide. Uh, but once he, she, he managed to straighten up, she actually took off and finished just behind the winner, Juliet Romeo, uh, again in a, in a quick time. A time figure the time before was good at Chester. Uh, and I don't think she'll hang this badly this time because obviously they're racing, if you like, the other way rather than um, sort of like from, from right to left. She, they're racing from left to right. So um, I, I think this time she'll be fine. So, yeah, all the time. And um, Bonnie Angel with more two against the field there. So, yeah, a couple of more races to have a look at. Good stuff. That's the 3.05 uh, there, um, the Phillies race. Uh, over six furlongs, Queen Me is the 7-4 favourite. Bonnie Angel, 11-2. to two. Skybet going five places there, so 11-2 to the five places, and all the time 7-1 to one with 3-6-5. Um, there you have it, a, a pretty quick one-on-one uh, chat through the racing on Saturday at both Newbury and Air. Uh, thank you very much to Andy for sharing his tips and insight. Do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel every week, or pretty much every week. Andy and I sit down and we chat about racing and, and look ahead to the weekend. Um, and also uh, having a look back at, at what's happened as well. I, I did want to ask you, Andy, the, the news about Baid um, heading to Ascot rather than the Ark. Uh, no surprise there? Uh, no, not really. They've obviously given it some thought. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're running in a race where they're a little bit more comfortable with. They know the the uh, what they're dealing with with regards to the track. They know the horse loves Ascot. Um, it, they wouldn't really mind too much if it went on the soft side you know he won the straight mile race last year on on really bottomless ground which a lot of punters thought might blunt his speed the risk is going to france i suppose if it was soft ground or heavy ground on the day and he's taken on proper mud logs over a mile and a half that of course is the unknown you're going into a territory where you're just guessing rather than being absolutely sure and with a horse like that they want to be absolutely sure. They want to run their horse under their optimum conditions. It just makes sense to do that. So although the, the general public and race guys and fans want to see Baid in, in the arc, which would have been a great send-off to the season, that would have made it a great race, um, it's very much Ascot's gain. And I actually think from a betting perspective as well, it rather opens it up as well over in France as well, where we should get sort of three, four to one the field now. And, and a lot of, a lot, perhaps one or two more horses that might have, look to dodge a bullet and go somewhere else, we'll probably think, well, you know, we'll roll the dice at uh, a long shot. So I think it'll probably be a better betting race for it, even though the sight and the spectacle of Bayed not being there, obviously, you know, does detract a little bit from the race. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm sad as a fan, uh, but understand yeah. uh, it was always probably going to be unlikely and it will be great to see Bayed at Ascot and, and Champions Day next month as well. Um, as I say, thank you to Andy for sharing his insight yet again. Uh, do subscribe to the uh, Odds Checker YouTube channel and on the the podcast provider platform as well. You should find us on any 
podcast provider that you use uh, and also do download the app best prices bookie offers uh, you saw today how many how much the prices can differ from bookie to bookie so do download that and you can get different place terms and andy's tips amongst other sports uh, tipsters straight to the app as well uh, hopefully a couple of winners in there another cracking saturday's racing ahead of us and please as is always the case do ensure that you are gambling responsibly